Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Mets brought in a new voice for their a new play-by-play voice for their radio team joining Howie Rose this season and it is Keith Rad and uh I I was listening to that first broadcast in spring training between Keith and Howie and thought this guy's pretty good. Um, and have the idea. Let's bring him on the show and let some of our longtime listeners have an opportunity to get to know the new play-by-play voice uh, of the New York Mets. Um, Keith Rad, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lori. That, that first game felt as good as uh, kind of a Knicks win in Boston. So, uh... <laughs> well, just a quick question for you, since um, I'm sure some of the you know callers and listeners uh, want to get to know you. Um, so... Are you, you know, Jets fan, Knicks fan, like, you know, <laughs> Islanders, Rangers, like where, you know, obviously we know you're you're a Mets person, so we're going to put that aside. But uh, but as a New Yorker, um, where do you stand on the other teams? Yeah, growing up in Valley Stream, South Shore, Long Island, uh, huge Giants fan. Sorry, everybody. Uh, but I, Eli Manning delivered me two, two Super Bowls, <laughs> not just me, but everybody else. Yep. Uh, and of course, the uh, the New York Rangers and the New York Knicks, so that's that's kind of where I fall on the spectrum. But I'm yep. a diehard Giants fan. Every single Sunday, heart pounding stuff, especially the last uh, the last year with Daniel Jones, what they did. So yep. that's so, where I fall. That's where I so fall. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm the um, the odd combo of uh, of Mets and Giants um, with you as well. <laughs> and and I know, and but you know what? I know some some Jets Yankees. So uh, you know, it's um. It is it is allowed these days. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Is it safe to say that this, you know, play-by-play for the New York Mets, as you said, a kid growing up in Valley Stream, is this your dream job? Yeah, I mean, once you find out that your your skills at shortstop uh, only go so far, you know, <laughs> five foot eight, you don't grow any further, you figure out, okay, how else can I get in the stadium for free? Uh, I, I fell in love with the language and fell in love with play-by-play and all the great voices that you know growing up in New York that you sure. listen to, whether it's Howie or John Sterling or Mike Breen or Marv Albert, so many names. Uh, and to get to the major leagues, um, the journey of getting into minors and trying to find an opportunity somewhere, where, where is it going to be? And the fact that it's, it's in New York, with the team I grew up watching, hard to beat. So it's really pinched me stuff at 29 years old to be in the major leagues with the New York Mets. How did you find out that you were the winner, that you were the person who was going to be joining <laughs> Howie Rose in the, bo- in the booth? 
So uh, after the interview process kind of wrapped up, um, Odyssey gave me a call. Uh, Chris Olivero from that nice, yeah, uh, nice sure. corner office gave me the buzz. <laughs> I was standing, I was standing in Brooklyn uh, where I was working with the Brooklyn Cyclones at the time in the parking lot, looking up at the parachute jump, which is right there on the boardwalk, <laughs> and uh, in a place where a lot of um, future New York Mets get the call up to Double A Bingham Tanner, Triple A Syracuse. I got the call up to the major league. So it was a moment that I will never forget. I was extremely speechless, which is not good for a broadcaster to, to not talk, but, but that was a, a day I'll never forget. And what was it like uh, doing that first spring training game with Howie Rose and being in the booth with Howie? Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of people that drive around New York and listen on the app or listen to the radio, this, this voice that you hear, that's kind of legendary voice all of a sudden was in my headset sitting next to me. I could, I could reach out and touch him if I wanted to. So that was really <laughs> cool to be able to, uh, to get started with him. And, and he's been so great. I mean, there's, there's, he's so genuine with how he really does want to kind of pay it forward to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Because his career has been so great in New York with the, the Rangers and the Islanders and with the Mets and to be under his tutelage, but also be his, his partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really comforting. And, and, now we've done four games since uh, last weekend, and so every single game gets more comfortable. Yeah, I, I listened to your first game, and then I tuned in today as well uh, because I, I couldn't watch. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll listen on the radio. Um, and, uh, you know, on the Odyssey app, and, and um, actually I guess I listened on the MLB at Bat app, um, as it turns out. But anyway, um listening to you guys today, and... Um, one question, I, I think you guys are a really comfortable listen and really have enjoyed the banter and, you know, the, the, you know, the information, the banter, the balance of storytelling with the play-by-play. Um, one question I've gotten from fans for the last few weeks, and so I thought I would put it to you as, as you have, uh, you know, the, the um, expertise um, from your chair to answer this, is that, there are some um, – you may have heard that there are some people who are not fans of the new baseball rules. <laughs> um, I um, I will just be – you know, come clean on this and say I'm a big fan of the new rules, but that's okay. Not everybody has to like them. But the pitch clock – there were fans who were callers who have said to me that, well, it takes away um, – the time that the announcers can tell stories and baseball is so about storytelling. And I thought, well, have you actually listened to a game so far with the pitch clock? Because having, you know, when I was having that conversation last weekend with fans, I was thinking I listened to Howie and Keith and I thought there was time for storytelling, but I thought I would ask you is do you feel like, um, you know, I know you're, you're coming from a minor league background, um, but do you feel like there is enough time for storytelling and banter to air out the game, or do you feel rushed with the pitch clock? So it's a, it's a great question, and believe me, I've been down in Port St. Lucie for a couple of weeks, and this is a conversation that does not stop through media rooms and press boxes <laughs> and fans and getting everybody's take and the take kind of develops as people experience this. We learned this this clock system in the minor leagues last year, so mm-hmm. I had a lot of experience with it. And when I first got accustomed to it, it was super fast. Uh, I remember doing a game in Wilmington, Delaware, and 
I write down what just happened in my scorebook and I look up and you know, a pitch went by and I went, okay, hold on a minute here. Uh, I'm really behind. So, you know, it's an adjustment, but once that adjustment happens, uh, it just helps you from an, the artistic standpoint of doing play by play. And, and our job, Howie and I's job is to create that vibe of telling the story of the game, which is now quicker. So that's our job to bring you the story quicker, but you have to be more succinct with how you, you know, fit in a story and work on the timing. So I'm not telling you something in, in one instance, and it takes 18 pitches for me to get to the end of my point. <laughs> so from a, the art standpoint, it's certainly a challenge. But, you know, it's funny, having talked to a couple of people as this has gone on for the past week plus in Major League Baseball, is that if you look at the clock and, oh, the time of game, time of game, the games are too fast. Really, that's almost a byproduct of, the fact that there's just more action. And if you think about it as just watching the game and, oh, by the way, it was two and a half or 240 or 220, mm-hmm. instead of looking at it as, wow, the game is way too fast and I don't want to go to City Field and stand online and, and wait all this time for a beer and two innings go by. If you think about it from the, the point of there's just more action a lot quicker, you kind of forget the fact that, you know, if you're talking about it was this short, you were worried about how long it was, you know, in years past. Yeah, I look at it, they're not taking away any, uh, it, it, baseball is still a nine-inning game. Um, you know, there's still 27 outs unless it's, you know, extra innings. Um, they're not taking away plays or action. It's just taking away, I mean, we don't get to see, you know, uh, a hitter um, adjust his wristbands <laughs> between every pitch. Um you know, and I, I won't go into, I talked about this last weekend, but, you know, we don't get to watch, you know, James McCann is no longer on the Mets. We don't get to watch him between every pitch. You know, it's like I, I can live without those things between every pitch. I, nobody's taking away the action from me. But, all right, another, I, I did have a, a um, follower on uh, Twitter who wanted me to ask you, so, well, what he really wanted to know is which rule you hated, but I'll ask it this way. What's your favorite of the new rules, and are there any that you don't like? Uh, to be honest with you, they're, they're really not tough to get behind, especially because they kind of come at you so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, you know, the pitch timer is great, and believe me, yep. it, it, it'll be an adjustment. It'll be weird. The traditionalists, I, I totally get it. But by April 15th, you will you will love it. You'll love I, it in I many agree. different ways. I, I also look at it, it's like people didn't like the wild card. People, you know, sure. you get over it and then and then you're used to it and you like it. I, I, so I'm with you on that one. All right. So we both like pitch clock. Anything <laughs> that you don't like or you would change I, a little? I think the disengagement rule is kind of a strange one. You have a batter, runner at first base, and the pitcher can only step off the mound or throw over to a bag two times if yeah. he throws over a third time yeah it, you have to get an out and that's that's a weird one it's just kind of an arbitrary number of two times over it's strange i get it you're trying to move the game forward but i feel like that one that one might be changed i think that batters having one time out per plate appearance mm-hmm. that also might change as well in the minor leagues you have guys that just kind of wanted to follow the rules and we were experimenting with these things and so you didn't really have these big personalities and egos and multi-million dollar guys uh, you know, in the minor leagues, arguing with the rules. But in the major leagues, when you have guys pumping 100 and you need a second to think, okay, what's he going to throw next? You might need an extra extra timeout in that at bat. So that, in my opinion, that's how I feel about that. I, I agree. I think that 
and I've said this to people, is I, I, there's no law that says they can't change or adapt some of these once they put them into practice and see how they work. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they add in another timeout uh, per at bat and then add in one more throw over um, for pitchers, um, you know, because it, it feels like that's a, a little too small. And maybe it is something, which I know some fans won't like, where when you get into um, – I don't know, the eighth or ninth inning or, you know, extra innings or whatever, you have a little bit more time. Um, it, w- it won't surprise me if they modify slightly. Um, but uh, all right. So now let's talk. Let's turn to the team that you are now covering. And so today I was listening to you on the radio, but um, didn't then get to watch the game. It wasn't on TV today um, is Kodai Senga made his debut today in spring training. So what did you see from him? Yeah, so Kodai, that was it was it was super exciting to get him out there. He's been a really bubbly personality walking around the complex and getting to know the team. Uh he said kind of after the game that the pitch clock did affect the way he approached his first outing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so he walked the first two hitters, which was a little bit like, okay, some jitters here. I mean, it wasn't panic mode. This guy knows what he's doing. But once he settled in, we only saw him for a little blip because it is spring training. These guys only get so much time. He was sitting a comfortable 97, 98, and it it, it looks effortless out of his hand. And then that ghost pitch, that ghost <laughs> fork ball that we've talked about, that Kodai says, this is ghost. Uh, it was really – you see, you know, big league hitters, if you watch them, they're so balanced, even on – you know, if you play softball, you've ever been thrown into a lineup late, late, and you haven't swung in a while, and you, you swing at the first pitch, and you're way out in the front, and you're leaning, you slam it into the ground. Big league hitters are balanced. They know what they're doing. But when Kodai threw that, that ghost fork a couple times today, which just not only falls off the table, but literally, literally disappears. That's why it's called the ghost. I saw some swing and miss that looked ugly from hitters. So it's just the beginning for him, and I'm, I'm glad that he got the jitters. Uh, got the jitters done, and I think his stuff will be nasty, and I think he'll be fine. It's just the adjustment to the new mound, the new baseball, the new rules, but the stuff is filthy. All right, last one before I let you go. So, as you mentioned, um, you used to call, uh, you know, used to do play-by-play call games for the Brooklyn Cyclones, so you know and have seen a lot of these Mets prospects that we're seeing. Um, you've had experience of watching players come up through the minor leagues. And so wanted your, your impression, if we're, we're seeing some of these exciting young players, whether it's Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, Ronnie Mauricio, the Mets, you know, did not end up getting that one more impact bat for this lineup in the offseason. The Carlos Correa deal, um, you know, fell through. And so if they're looking for an internal option for an impact bat, which of those guys, when, you know, based on you having, you know, under, uh, having a good understanding of the Mets minor league system, which of the prospects do you feel has the most, um, the most potential, Pat, you know, put aside the glove. I know um, a lot of them have uh, opportunities to improve there, but um, from an impact bat standpoint, which one of these do you think could be the most impactful? 
So it's a great question because every one of those. And by the way, let, let is, me just say, I mean, in twenty, I mean, this year in twenty twenty three. Long mm-hmm. term, it might be Alvarez. Long term, it might be Beatty. Twenty. If I say to you twenty twenty three, this team needs an impact bat. Who do you think it would be? It's, in my opinion, one hundred percent Brett Beatty because he's the most natural of the four hitters that has already proven himself a little bit with his sample size last year. I think Brett is the kind of guy that. You'd love for him to put one in the seats to, to take the lead late in the game, but that clutch base hit, he, his plate discipline is so advanced that he's a guy that you would trust in any kind of situation mm-hmm. to hit one out, to drive one down, down the left field line, go the other way. He's probably the most polished right now at the plate. But it's funny, all of the four prospects that you mentioned, it's, hey, we'd love to have him in the lineup, but Ronnie's not doesn't have a position or Brett's got to build it at third or Mark Vientos, where is he going to play? Or Alvarez needs to be polished as a catcher. You know, the Mets are certainly want them to be as close to a finished product as possible, but my vote would be Brett Beatty. Yeah. I'd love to see the Mets give him an opportunity to kind of share third base with Escobar as well as um, share some uh, DH at bats um, as well um, with Vogelback and kind of the, you know, get that opportunity. I think that would be a lot of fun if they give him that opportunity. Um, even to start the season, we'll see what happens. Keith Rad, it was a pleasure to have you on, and we'll catch up with you down the road and uh, look forward to listening to you um, and, and listen to uh, all the you know great stuff with you and Howie. Laura, you're the best. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.